Hey there, welcome to another little joint session for Benzinga. I'm John Puro. As always, my views are my own, not those of my law firm, Greenspoon Martyr, or of Benzinga. I have the pleasure uh, of being here with Scott Jordan, very well known and experienced investor in the cannabis space. Uh, and so we're going to talk about, you know, I mean, Scott, founder, Alternative Finance Network, right? Talk, let's talk about something interesting in the industry that you think is uh, important for people to know, something you're working on, anything. Sure. Um, one of the things that we've decided to do entering 2024 is to be able to provide knowledge and content and how do you get the money that you need for your business? There are so many social equity applicants and other startups that don't come prepared. We think that if you're going to ask for a significant amount of money, significant, we consider $50,000 or more, you need to have be prepared. You need to be able to make a cogent pitch. You need to know who you're pitching, what you're asking for, and we're finding it woefully inadequate in terms of the knowledge there. And We're looking to partner with people that would like to serve that market. The uh, beginner, the newbie, the guy looking for a million dollars or less to be able to get something unique done. You know, there are a lot of people that want to put up a cultivation, yeah. a lot of people that want to put up retail. Look for something different. Those businesses are hard to make money at. Yeah. They're fairly commoditized now, but software, And we run things, into over, say, say it's cultivation, right? Right. Oversupply issues three exactly. or four years into the market, right? Because regulators aren't keeping, you know, in mind essentially how much is needed for population. It's an idea I'm obsessed with, right? But what you're talking about is differentiation, right? And it's, you know, everyone would love it if they just got handed big checks, right? For people who are, you know, dying to work with them, right? But obviously when you are the one investing, right, you're looking for a vision, right? Not just in the short term, right? You're, you know, looking for serious people, right? Who could put together a good representation of themselves and their vision, you know, not just for the short term, right? But for the long term, right? Right. Like you need, you come in and you have a, an idea of what you want a partnership or a timeline for an exit. And you need someone to kind of convince you that what you're saying is, you know, there needs to be more on the side of the people seeking investment to prove, right, to get their ducks in a row to receive money. Correct. Just having a license is not good enough with the exception of one or two states. But there, the license fee is, you know, astronomical to take a chance and roll the dice and pay $146,000 is not something that many people can do that are not very wealthy. No, exactly. Right. So, yeah, the, look, there are going to be instances where the licenses are so limited, right? It's a vertical, right? It's in a medical state crossing over, right? The type of licenses that we see MSOs investing in, right? Or deeper, deeper pocketed people. So, no, I mean, I get it. Otherwise, right, it's convince me, right, to invest money in it. Um, so I think that that's something that people overlook a lot, right? And I think that also I just like to say when you're in this industry, I mean, since everything's a, a pop on, right? They're the uh, the can tenders, C A N N, right? And the pretenders, right? And can tenders and pretenders. I like that. Right. I say those that are, we separate those that are curious from those that are serious. I like it. Right. Any wordplay, right? I'm going to be down with you know any weed wordplay or pop puns. Pop right? puns. Gotta, there you go. Yeah, it has a are you serious or are you curious? Me. Yeah. So I um. Anything else to add? Because I think that that's really, it's to a certain extent, it's a straightforward point, but it's such an important one. 
right? And that's what differentiates the people who succeed from the people who don't, right? And this is every little thing counts. Like um, a mutual friend of ours said that it was interesting when um, a party was seeking, you know, an investment of a certain amount of money and the little things that you look into to show whether or not there's a level of sophistication, right, a level of experience and like being sent documents to sign without DocuSign, right? You know, like you can't have that to show that level to make it easy for people that you're working with. Um, so I think that, you know, think about the little things, right, in terms of how you're making an impression upon others, especially if you're asking them for money. Exactly. Then let's talk about that because I'm going to start to uh, wax on about uh, business cards. Yeah. One of the most important things to carry with you, even if you have a digital business card, have a physical business card that you give out to old people that are going to be investing. Remember, it's mostly old people that are going to have the money to be able to do that. Old people like me, we like, like physical. physical business cards. Now, you can give me a digital one as well, but the problem is the digital one may get lost. Physical one, I can put it at the top of my pile. You can and make I notes can make on sure, it. I can make notes right? on it. Yeah. That's the other thing is is that have a side that's white that two people can write on, a mat, not the, the uh, slick. Exactly. I always think like the American psycho scene whenever it comes down to business cards, right? It's like, oh, double stock. You must be a more serious person. Yeah, but I always think of that scene, it cracks me up. But um, little yeah. tips like that, right, can make a difference. So thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. Welcome to another little, you know, joint session uh, at MJ Unpacked, right? John Pure here for, you know, Benzinga. Usual disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer and we love disclaimers, right? Anything I say, not the view of my law firm, Greenspoon Martyr or Benzinga. Now, wait, right? Pleasure to meet you in person. Yes, thank you. Right? You know, because we're so deeply bonded on LinkedIn. We probably have like 200, you know, shared connections or whatever. But it's a pleasure to meet like a fellow true believer in beverages, right? And, and different form factors, you know, uh, for products in the cannabis industry that I think are going to help move this forward, right? And someone, you know, so tell us a little bit about, you know, quick liquids, and then I'll geek out as to why I think it's a great product for pushing this industry forward. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Quick liquids offers a pharma grade approach for solubilizing fat soluble ingredients. Works very well with hemp and cannabis, but also vitamins like A, E, D, and K. We offer a scalable, affordable option for brands and manufacturers to be fully self-sufficient when it comes to producing their own water-soluble technology. Why that's important is because many brands and manufacturers are having to scale up into new markets, but they need to achieve product integrity throughout their entire portfolio. If you're not able to offer a scalable, affordable, versatile, consistent option for your water-soluble, oftentimes you'll have products in different states, in different markets, that are completely different taste profiles yeah. because of the different water solubles that they're using. So with a basic approach, a hot plate, an overhead stir, and a basic glassware, our process can solubilize up to seven kilos of oil in a single day. And it's a pharma grade technology as well too. Um, our ingredients are approved for IV use, IM use, oral, rectal, vaginal, anal, and myocular. We truly believe that uh, Quick Liquids is the missing link between recreational use and biotech. And if we're going down the Schedule 3 route, we really feel like Quick Liquids is well poised to be the leader in smokeless cannabinoid therapy products. We're really, really looking forward to seeing what we can do in the field of women's health with water-soluble cannabinoids, yeah. water-soluble terpenes, um, but really mainly just being able to support communities that have otherwise been gaslit or forgotten about by medical communities. 
Um, we really look forward to seeing what we can do with water-soluble cannabinoid therapies for treating things like Crohn's, endometriosis, IBS, dysmenorrhea. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of ailments out there, especially in women's health, that have been pretty much forgotten about. So if we can be a leader when it comes to supporting uh, women's health, but also cannabinoid therapies for the general use, we really feel like that's where companies need to be going. If you are not a medical company first in the cannabis space, we really don't feel like you have a right to be a recreational company. Like, we are very, very like-minded individuals. I could respond to probably like 15 points in what you just said. It's it, it, that would hammer that point home. But um, what I think is very interesting, right, is coming in on the tech side, right, on the business side, and having superior, you know, tech and being able to kind of do good in the sense of how that tech is utilized, right? As, you know, an IP, you know, as a geek, right? The idea of, like, like you know, looked into myself essentially is why not help certain communities, you know, certain demographics, certain businesses, brands, and the cannabis industry by helping them have the best product with the underlying tech, right? Yep. And help them, you know, like, accelerate in that fashion, right? Because, you know, regulations trying to, help certain communities end up commoditizing them in really disturbing ways at times, right? Yeah. You know, or it just like it turns things transactional. Um, and so, you know, what I think is like really interesting is the medical research angle also in terms of, you know, we're tip of the iceberg, right? Very it's going to so. be crazy how much good comes out of this. You know, having lost decades of research, it's going to be bittersweet from the people that we've lost. Um, but... I think the idea also that you're pushing forward and choosing, say, which diseases that you're focusing on, right? That's always something very interesting in medicine in terms of how dollars are deployed, right? In terms of like the cost of some of these diseases, the amount of attention that's on them and the amount of money that's spent in research, sure. right? It could be deployed in more strategic ways, but um, that's super dope. Unfortunately, what we see a lot of in the medical community, the medical space is uh, uh, research going after uh, top dollar products. Yeah, we are interested in treating ailments that affect more people across the world than anything else, right? I mean, you can't meet a single person in this room that doesn't know somebody that isn't affected by Crohn's, endometriosis, IBS, painful periods, dysmenorrhea. Yeah, welcoming cannabinoid therapies for some of these ailments, I really think, can change the way that we think about the cannabis space as a truly medically based industry. Preaching to the choir, preaching to the can of choir, right? With everything that you're saying. Um, but, you know, Blake, thanks for you know, coming by for a little mini interview Thank session. you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate right? it. You know, cheers, man. Thank you. Uh, welcome. On behalf of Benzinga, I am John Puro here with another uh, a session for all of us to discuss something fun, interesting in the cannabis industry. Usual disclaimer. Anything I say, just disregard it. Or specifically, don't think it's the viewpoint of my law firm, Green Screw Martyr, or Benzinga, or even mine. It's just random words in order. Don't judge me. Um, that being said, right, it's a pleasure sitting down with both of you, you know, Jocelyn, Eric, right? So uh, please introduce us to, you know, yourselves, just like your company, and then let's talk about, you know, a product sector that we both enjoy and focus on in the industry. Do you want me to, want me yeah, to kick sure off? Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, yeah. great, great to be here. Um, so I'll, I'll start by introducing uh, myself or company. So um, I'm Jocelyn. I'm one of the co-founders of uh, a beverage company called Sweet Justice. Uh, we are a diverse portfolio of Twisted Classics, Vibrant Sips. Um, we happen to be at a cannabis conference here. Wait, we um, are? We are. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and How did that happen? 
Okay. We, we tend to we tend to say you know this is a segment we play in, but we are not solely focused on on uh, cannabis exclusively. So, okay. um, and the reason for that, I think there there's so much um, you know approachability and uh, just familiarity with that with drinks as a whole being you know the centerpiece of all social interactions. Like food and drink has, has always historically you know uniter not a divider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The universal you know connection yeah. point. Yep. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our origin story and sure. like how Sweet Justice came to be. Um, the name Sweet Justice, when you kind of think about poetic justice with serendipity in the sense it's about surprising, delightful, unexpected things coming together, um, you know, in, in amazing ways. Um, that's really the, you know, the personal identity of who yeah. we are. And I think our, for our, our own um, uh, origin story is... Um, you know, we're all old friends, uh, have known each other for, you know, decades. Eric and our other uh, co-founder, Dave, uh, went to university together, um, probably, you know, engaged in a lot of early product testing uh, <laughs> in, uh, in the legacy days. Um, and then Eric, uh, uh, sorry, Dave, Mark, and I um, all met each other probably about 17 years ago okay. uh, when we were all leading uh, different business units at Coca-Cola Canada. Oh, yeah, oh. So, so you have some ties to beverage in your histories, is what you're saying. <laughs> a, a little bit of potentially relevant experience. Yeah. Um, got it. A All little. right. And then, um, you know, back in the day, obviously, in, in Legacy, it wasn't you know, widely celebrated and uh, you know, the passion for, uh, for what we love. But, you know, it was easy to kind of sniff each other out at, like, company socials and, you know, yep. hey, let's uh, safety meeting outside. And then, you know, fast forward. Safety like, meeting outside. Yeah. <laughs> I would say we need to have a joint session, meeting of the joint session outside. Right? Safety meeting outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fast forward, you know, uh, 17 years later, you know, the world blew up in a pandemic grip. Um, forced all of us to reevaluate our, our As careers. an inflection point, it's created a lot of value, right? To have, you know, things like this emerge from it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it kind of brought us all back together, um, and we were like, "Hey, you know what? Like, we got the seed of an idea." Yep. Um, all of us were like, "Yeah, like this is really exciting, and I think we could be really, really good at this." All of us, you know, obviously cover uh, a different complementary track of the business, um, and we were like, "All right." And you so did that purposely, been- seed of an idea, right, for the pun. Right, you know, you planted sort of. seeds. Yeah, planted seeds. You, 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 you unintentionally punned. Your subconscious was like pun, right? So now, so you know, as as you're saying, right, and you know, Eric, I think that I think it's very important that people who have beverage industry experience, right? Like, so you know, like I said, you're preaching to the counter choir here. I think beverage is such an important segment in terms of bringing more people in on-site consumption, low dose, higher dose. Find your you know tolerance level, right? It's going to be an amazing gateway as our mutual friend diana likes to call it to try and make that word our own so you know so i think it's important right for people like you who have experience in the beverage industry who know how to cater to this and build these things to come in and really help that process rather than people winging it because they're like we in a can we drink good yeah so i mean i'm curious to know some of your thoughts in terms of you know how that you know the different business experience that you folks have is you know, being applied, right, in your business to facilitate people's transition and create a good product that's a gateway uh, drug to more drugs in weed form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Jocelyn said, and I'm the non-beverage guy of the group, by the way, but, okay. I mean, uh, but um, as Jocelyn said... I take the question back there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but Sweet Justice is, you know, when things come together in a way that surprising and delightful and that that's that's about our origin story but it's also about cannabis and beverage coming together yeah you told us dave and i went back when we were university that you know 20 years ago that 
you'll be drinking cannabis out of a can one day and like we'd say you're you know you're crazy i mean so uh so yeah we we just see beverages everyone's familiar with beverage right it's a social format it's it's what people are familiar with um to your point about finding your right spot we call finding your sweet spot um so it's a great way for people to you know sip and enjoy so Uh, what you did there yeah sweet yeah exactly so yeah it's it's just a great format for people to um either be introduced into cannabis in a way that's very approachable, but also for, for folks who are familiar with cannabis to enjoy it in a format that they normally enjoy all the time. Uh, so well, we're, like I was saying with Diana, right? We are conditioned socially from you know being so used to alcohol being the main drug that we're consuming when we're out socially with people, right? What do we do? We, have a, we all have a drink. We're used to that. That's exactly. the way that we are partaking in alcohol. And what we're trying to do here in cannabis is, you know, just say like kind of like yoink, Right. And just like, you know, replace that with a better product in yeah. so many different ways. Right. Yeah. That, you know, does, I mean, it's not harmful to society in the same manner alcohol is. It has all these upsides that I kind of feel like the, you know, the products sell themselves. It was like, I was just going to end up on the beverage side focus because it makes so much sense. And also when you're thinking about sectors that if and when there's any type of federal reform or what you're starting to see already with hemp-derived cannabinoids, right? And certain, you know, folks that are going with the play of, all right, we're going to ship to different states using, you know, those ingredients, which we've seen some beverage companies doing, that it's, um, when there is that type of shift, beverage will take off to an exponential factor. That's why, you know, Boris Jordan accurately said it at Benzinga, right? Ultimately, 50% of this industry should be beverage products, right? But in the economies of scale that you're familiar with, right? The, you know, Coca-Cola, right? And you can make it that cheap to make. Yeah, yeah, it's the operational efficiency at the end of the day, right? Like, I think there's a critical mass and your scale. I think everyone wins. Like, it levels up. Everyone, everyone's producing better quality products, right? Safe, consistent, consistent, consistent products. People know they're going to get. Yeah, it keeps consumers coming back. Right? Yeah. Like, I think the goal that we always, we always drive for yeah. is the first shot, the first experience has to be great. Yep. And it's always about the experience because yep. if you don't deliver that, people just won't come back. So that's why we do, we do so much work in, you know, trying to educate and explain when we get asked the question um, from the cannabis community, like, oh, are you ever going to make new drinks and, like, higher dosage? And I'll never feel that. I'm like, well, this, is, this isn't the delivery system. If you want to get blitz by, right? It's probably, like, you know... Hopefully, we don't enjoy or use pre roll or something. But yeah. this is meant to be a complimentary, like, yeah. you know, hand in hand, like a sip and spark. Yep. Um, it's all about the experience. Yeah. Complimentary experience. So I think they all have a role, right? Everyone has its role. Um, and I think that for beverage to to be successful, yeah. um, you know, it is about frequency. Like, we need people to enjoy the experience. And, um, be able to like have a seat and then share the rest, right? You buy a six pack, like. No, exactly. Right. There is a, just like alcohol, there's a social element tied into it. There's a social element tied into cannabis, right? In terms of how we all, you know, grew up with it and experienced it at college or wherever, right? That is puff, puff, pass. That's the mentality, right? We're kind of, yeah, on the left hand side. Um, say that to a regular guy, I gotta, you know, finish that lyric. Um, so, you know, I, so I think that it's like, as you said, that it's, um, you know, important entry point. And I think that also I, I've learned more, right? I'm low dose because I'm focused on how that just makes sense socially, right? For on-site consumption, we're used to having a drink, right? If you have higher tolerance, drink more of them, right? And then we're selling more cans versus the people who have the lower tolerance that we're trying to get accustomed to this and they're sipping their beverage over 30 minutes. But going back to experience, um, 
it, it is a different, it's a different like segment of consumer, right? You're, yep. you're probably dealing with people that have less experience with cannabis as well. Cannoisseur and so, cannacurious. Yeah, and, and you never want to give them a high dose drink right at the outset exactly. because if they have a bad experience the first time, they will never come back to it. Yeah. So it's detrimental for all of us in the industry. Yeah. Uh, no, and we're all trying to push this forward, right? And that's why when there's absolutely. unregulated products, yeah. right, when they're you know, any of these things essentially undermine the cause, right? The canna cause or whatever. Whenever I want to go with alliteration, just go with canna. It's my like, fallback position. But I am, um, no, I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that you need to just, um, we're trying to, you know, push this forward with the, you know, the common interest. So uh, thank you both for taking the time. It was a real pleasure. Um, yeah, to speak here at MJ Unpacks on behalf of Benzinga. So cheers. Cheers.